0: trying to figure out how we can actually create a system where I can put a video up for my drush on Shabbos morning. I bet you anything the attendance would go up and people will remember what I said even more. So I'm live. I'm sorry I'm really here. It's a lot easier to ignore me this way. Also, I'm going to be doing something that's not characteristic for me. I'm going to read my comments word for word because I wanted to make sure to get them right. And um, uh, it might take a, a few more minutes than you might otherwise expect, but I think it would be worth listening to. So um, first of all, in providing a vision for the future, we first have to know what we are. A vision for what, what are we? So what, what's the enterprise that we're in? What exactly is our purpose? And what are we here for? So for example, somebody might think, without thinking about that too much, we're here to make money. Somebody else might think that we're here to have members. We're here to make, have more members. Uh, some of might think that we're, we're here to provide more space for Mignani, so what exactly are we here for? So, um, I want to tell you something. There really is no right answer to that question. There's no single right answer to that question. Um, meaning that it has a lot to do with what we say is our purpose and not what it just objectively is. If you're walking down the street and you find a box with some sort of complex machinery in it, and you ask yourself, what is it? So you're gonna get your answer by doing what? You're gonna study the box, you're gonna describe it, you're gonna figure out uh, what the components are, and then you're gonna be able to say, oh, now I know what it is. And either it is that you guessed right, or it's not. But there's a right answer. Whatever is that box, that is what it is. That's not the way it is with the shul, though. And a shul isn't something that exists without our saying what it is about. It depends on us and what we want it to be. We could say that it's a minion factory, and it would be a minion factory, because we said so. We could say it's a social club, and or we could say that it's a place to study Torah, and all those things would be true. Or we could say it's a place to have bar mitzvahs and weddings, and that would be true, if that's what we said it was. It depends on what we say about it. We wouldn't be wrong in any of those things. It would just be what we decided the show is going to be. And we might be accurate if we simply tried to describe the materials that made up the building of the show, and then we'd say the show is bricks and mortar. But we can never say that there's only one answer to exactly what the show is, unless we're describing the building. So again, we're the ones who get to say, and in this case, you asked me to say. So my my vision not the vision of the show. It is the rabbi's vision of the show, and it can't be the vision of the show unless you support it uh, and embrace it and believe in it, or then you get to make another vision of the show. So there is a basic flaw in this presentation, which is that just because I say so doesn't mean it's so. It only means it's so if you agree with it, if you embrace it, you support it. It does and and it could be that the vision for the show will be something else, depending on what you say. So I'm glad you asked me for a vision. I'm glad you're interested in hearing what I have to say. I am the rabbi. It really does make a difference uh, what I think. On the other hand, um, don't think that a division exists without your participation and agreement. So I, that's why I would encourage you, in your spare time, when you're not trying to make ends meet or pay your tuition bills, or drive carpool, or make it to the doctor, or to the therapist, or the grocery shopping, or bathing the kids, or taking care of your parents. I would encourage you, during that spare time, to think about your vision for what you'd like to create for the show. Now, why is it important to state a vision? You notice I haven't said anything yet. Why is it important to state a vision? Because it's the difference between an entity ending up a certain way, Matt talked about this in his letter to the show introducing himself, um, or it becoming what the design of its owners and stakeholders says it will be. Without a vision that says where we're trying to go, what we're striving to do, we'll definitely still have a future. But it will not be a future we created or caused. It will be a future that happened to us, caused by forces that we might not even have identified but certainly didn't think about dealing with and taking into account. So the vision I'll share with you will address some things that we take for granted in the show and some things that we don't take for granted that we know are very important. All of these areas will end up any which way unless we actually strive to make it a certain way. So the format that I'm gonna use for this is the following. I'll identify what we do or what we know we need to do what are the challenges to delivering the goods in those areas, and my vision for those areas. I'm gonna warn you, some of my vision will seem unrealistic or unattainable. That's the point. If vision was totally predictable, we wouldn't need vision because it would happen on its own. A vision contains things that would not happen on their own without striving. So here are the areas, and some of them might surprise you, and some of the areas that are not here might surprise you. I didn't cover every single aspect of the show, but here are the areas I'm going to address. Davening, community, refuge and sanctuary, and I'll explain these, and leadership. Now we may not always get where we want, but we'll know where we're trying to get, and we'll know how well we're doing compared to our vision. So let's talk about Davening. Why would this need attention when we're discussing the vision of a show? Because it's the basis of everything else we might do here. We are a show. A show is a place where you gather in order to worship. Davin is the act of serving God, of recognizing him as the source of everything, of asking him for things we need and want, and of declaring our will to fulfill his will for us. And for the entire world. A show that doesn't daven is not a show. It might be something else, but it's not a show. It follows that a show that daven's a little, but not always, is a little bit of a show. A show that daven's regularly is regularly a show. A show that holds minyanam at times that are hard to attend and no one comes is a useless show. A shul that has minyana where people are authentically engaged in talking to Hashem is an inspiring show, inspiring is spirit. A show that has a lot of talking or things other than prayer going on during davening is a weaker show than one that holds davening in which everyone is in a real connection with God. A show that holds unattractive, uncomfortable, uninviting davening. But holds fabulous programs and dinners and classes, is also a week show with great programs. You see where I'm going. My point is, davening is the basis for everything in a show. To illustrate this, imagine if, when Rabbi Tendler led us two summers ago in making the largest cookie flag in the world in honor of Israel's 70th birthday, imagine you walked into the lobby to get to Heritage Hall. And found a sign saying, Davening canceled for lack of interest and boredom. Please proceed to Heritage Hall for cookie flag assembly and celebration. The cookie flag would not have the same impact because it would have been fielded by a show whose foundation was almost non existent. And the reason it had the impact it had was because it was made in a show that had strong Davening and was built on top of a solid foundation of a religious community. So before we get into specifics, Beth Jacob will be a place that powerfully fosters passion, awareness, devotion, commitment, and excitement in being servants of God, which is really the broader definition of davening, and translates this regularly into terms that are relevant to Jewish Americans in this century. I'll put it another way. The following is not the truth, it's just my personal belief. I personally believe that we are living in messianic times. I think it's, un- it's likely that Mashiach is going to come soon. How does our by the way, that's not the obligation to believe. The obligation to believe in Mashiach is that there will be a Mashiach. We are not obligated to believe that he will arrive tomorrow at all. We're obligated to believe that he exists one day. I believe he's coming soon. How does our shul want to be a shul when Mashiach comes? We want to be filled with passionate daveners, happy families, generous and loving people, caring about the Jewish people, yearning for rejection, Resist! I get very emotional about this. Resisting the invitation of the world around us to join in their idea of celebration which was personified by the disgusting halftime show during the most watched TV event of the year last week. I want to greet Mashiach with these proud words, Ben David, Elon Feldman at your service, and with me an entire congregation filled with people in love with God, in love with each other, that want to know what in heaven's name took so long. We've really been davening, like, really. And we've been holding down the fort, and it's about time. So what's the vision for davening? Well, let's remember the format. What are the challenges in this area? Number one, davening seems boring to many. Number two, it's in a strange language. Number three, it's repetitive. Number four, it's inconvenient. It interrupts your day. Who wants to stop what you're doing? to dominate? Number five, it's too long. Number six, the participants of domining, you and me, are products of a fast-paced society, not well-versed in contemplation or meditation, and we communicate using Twitter and emoticons. Not great preparation for communicating with the creator, creator of the universe. Number seven, Sanctuary, I don't mean the main sanctuary, but sanctuary is no longer a sanctuary or safe haven because everything we need is in our smartphones and it comes with us wherever we go, including show. Point is, the very foundation of a show, praying, is at risk. So, where do I see our show in this regard? I envision a show whose members are educated about Dominique who see it as a personal encounter with God, who are creative in davening. This means that to provide successful davening for the future, we need to be in the davening education business, not as a class or two, but as a regular feature and aspect of our show. This also means we need to be a show that teaches how each person can talk to God personally and regularly. It is no longer sufficient to rely on studying the sitter alone to teach and uplift. It used to be that going to Hebrew school or day school and learning how to daven would prepare you for a life of davening. It is no longer true. I envision a show that offers a mul- that offers multiple minyani to address different scheduling needs and different styles, all of which are dignified and inspiring, led by people who are skilled at leading inspiring services. In our future, I see including teens and preteens attend, uh, who, uh, who all who attend dominant regularly. Every member of the show considers dominant to be something that they will do. For some, this will be daily, for others, it will be weekly. Services are uplifting, governed by decorum that reflects awe and reverence for Hashem, led by people who are well trained and musically inclined. This leads to the next item. Beth Jacob does and must continue to do the following. We have to create and nurture community. This means uniting people around common values, supporting each other in realizing those values, and creating a public place where those values are taught and practiced. But there are major challenges to this. The trend in Orthodox communities is factionalization, stabilization. A colleague, just told me that in Miami Beach there are 12 minyanim on Shabbos morning, and none have more than 50 people who gather in any of the minyanim. And most have very few women in attendance. The tendency is for people to isolate with people just like them. Yeshiva people with yeshiva people, professionals with professionals, young with young, old with old. That's the trend. But I just envisioned our show having multiple minyanim serving different styles and schedules. Doesn't that that mean lots of people using the same building for their own subgroups? That's our challenge, how to maintain common interests to stay connected with each other. The answer must be activities, as we do already and in some degree, that bring people together to enjoy and get to know each other, community projects that call for drawing for for people power from across the spectrum, programs that bring people together who would not otherwise come together were it not for the programs. Community needs a little help in being created. Beth Jacob will become the place that causes community to happen, not by accident, but by choice. In addition, at the center of the community, the show must be at the cutting edge of communication with its members. We cannot rely on our members coming to show to get what they need. We have to go to them. The rabbi's sermon may be excellent, but it is no longer the sole source of Torah for anyone and it is no longer reaches all who come to show anyway. Beth Jacob, in the future, will be making its message available in podcasts as we do now, classes that are easily available online, whatever it takes to make it accessible for people with very little effort. Now, i mentioned refuge and sanctuary, which I see is going together. Our show is already a place where people can come and refuel their spiritual batteries, where people can learn from each other about family life, about relationships, about holiness in their homes, and how holiness is maintained. Now, I have to insert something important here, a very important note. We used to accurately call ourselves a Orthodox synagogue for all Jews, but we're not that anymore, and there's a reason for that. One reason is that the assumptions that were safe to make about Orthodox Jewish life, even 10 or 15 years ago, are no longer safely made. We cannot assume that just because someone is Shabbos observant, that they know how to run a Jewish home, relate to their spouse in a healthy way, raise their children in a responsible way, or find a way to stave off the insidious culture creep that uses the smartphone to dictate standards of living and attitudes to our children. So our hands are full maintaining Orthodox Jewish life and providing support. This is not a Bidi Eved, a sad second best. It's the new mission of the show that we must accept, take ownership of, and proudly address. We must provide sanctuary and refuge for Orthodox families who need all the help we can get. We do do that already. And here I want to pause to acknowledge a trusted partner who, as was mentioned earlier, in his relatively short time back in America, together with his wonderful Robinson, Rabbi Fox, Rabbi Mrs. Foxborough, will become an indispensable resource and source of encouragement and support for many of our families. The excellent... (laughs) and constant programming going on here may be inspired by a vision from the top, but Rabbi Foxbutter is the one who makes it happen. But the challenges are enormous. Daily, the world slides away from the nuclear family as the strength of a society. Gender as a creation of God, designed to make the world work, is under frontal attack. Sexual practices are no longer governed by discretion. Modesty is considered prosaic. Disciplining children is a lost art and Rabbi Fatschbrand and his wife, I and my wife, can tell you that Orthodox families are holding on for dear life. To meet this challenge, Beth Jacob must become the source for the strength of a family, the union of husband and wife, the proper raising of children, the inspiration and guidance for running a Jewish home. I envision Beth Jacob developing a home life center in the next five years, offering Jewish value-based counseling for couples and their kids resources for strengthening family, training for parents in marriage and parenting. But this also means is powerful and thorough women's education. I'm not talking about women's education designed to make women feel like men. I'm talking about education that inspires women to take pride in their capacity as the source of nurture, the source of holiness, the source of what it means to have an inner life. No doubt, for this woman, need to have access to the highest levels of connection to Torah sources and awareness of the brilliance of Torah. We must be second to none in presenting meaningful Torah study to women at all levels. This can be done in tandem with the home life center and should be done within the next two years that we have aggressive women's education. Which leads to the next issue requiring some vision, Talmud Torah. We're doing a good job in promoting the study of Torah, but we must do better. Someone not involved in some kind of regular Torah study, even once a week, is stagnant, and stagnation is an invitation to non-Torah infection. Our shul must be a place where everyone, not just those who are naturally inclined, is involved in some form of Torah study, and we cannot rely purely on the Komo for this, though the Kolob is an indispensable resource for this. We must up the ante in another dimension as well of Talmud Torah. Beth Jacob has succeeded until now in creating a spiritual center that provided not only access to Yiddishkeit for those who know less, but also created a place where the highest levels of commitment can find expression. We must catch up and get ahead get ahead of the curve in this respect by providing the highest level of Torah study options for yeshiva graduates who are moving here precisely because of this show, but who must have the support for their level of Talmud Torah. If we fail this group, we will not earn the right to have them stay with us, and we dare not lose the valuable role models of excellent Torah living that they represent. Finally, leadership. In the next few years, we will be witnessing in graphic form the tragic death throes of much of the non-Orthodox community. This will take many forms, including redefining Judaism to include whatever is left standing after abandoning the Torah, but will also mean less non-Orthodox Jewish leaders and rabbis, less money raised, less support for Israel, even less respect for kashras and shabbos in the public domain than there is now. It will mean downsizing of Jewish institutions like the JCC and other agencies, and reduced political influence of the Jewish community as politicians realize the disappearance of a Jewish community. Are we, the only community growing in the United States, I mean the Orthodox community, are we ready to assume leadership roles in the broader Jewish community? Are we set up to be the life raft for those who are looking for spirituality and would love to be a part of a vibrant Jewish community if it was accessible? Does our shul project a message of openness to non-Orthodox Jews? Do we have programs to catch those swimming in the turbulent sea of a decaying Jewish infrastructure? These questions have to be answered and they have to be answered in the affirmative. Our shul must position itself to be the life raft for those seeking authentic spiritual growth. And we must provide training for lay people to take their place as leaders in the broader community and as advocates for Jewish causes with local and national politicians. We happen to have a talent in our executive director who is already nationally recognized, respected, and liked as a leader across the country. We have the resources in-house to position our show as that vital life raft as we hold on for Mashiach's arrival. I didn't mention the building. The building, as was mentioned by the the, uh, building trustees report, still needs work. This show has risen to the occasion on a number of occasions, and has done wonderfully, and we have a beautiful facility that we should be proud of. And we still have work to do, And and it's not a waste of money for a show of this powerful spiritual energy to have a match that reflects in the physical world its grandeur and its beacon of light for everyone else. And that's where those top windows come in. We've got to do those, both because practically our building is actually being eroded by water because of that, and because we must continue to take pride in being the leadership synagogue that we are. As I said in the beginning, this isn't the right vision, nor is it a total vision. I invite you to dream and to take responsibility to bring your dreams for this holy community into reality. I love you, the members of this show, and I believe in you more than I can ever say. You. I don't know, I gotta get over this. The older I get, the more I cry. I don't know what to do about (laughs) it. You're the ones who make the show great. This is what the members of the board have done. And when Mashiach comes, they, as all the others who came before them as board members, will no doubt be given priority sitting, seating at his inaugural address by virtue of having allowed their names to be listed among those who took responsibility for this I thank you for the opportunity to think about this and to communicate about this. There's much more that needs to be said in many areas. This is just the beginning, and may God bless our undertaking.